0: Sassy gurus, Rainmaker. A Yankee. Yeah. And his beautiful coast,
1: Brandy. A Yankee and a Southerner. I do that lovely southern draw.
2: I don't I don't have the Texan accent, I'm sorry, but No,
1: I don't I don't think I do either, but I love that honey drip sort of sound. Anyway. <laughs> Someone's probably gonna pull that blurb out and use it for a promo now. Thanks. Uh,
3: Rainmaker. Thursday's at 7 p.m.
0: Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. Live from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It's SC Gurus. Rainmaker. What is a Rainmaker? Webster's defines a rainmaker as a person whose influence can initiate progress or ensure success. S.E. Guru's Rainmaker comes to you each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time bringing you some of the biggest rainmakers on the World Wide Web. Our guests will include major search engine executives, payment processors, advertising executives, and an array of sales and marketing pros. We invite you to join your host, Darren Pappen, also known is S.E. Guru and his beautiful co-host, Brandy. S.E. Guru is the foremost authority on search engine optimization and is taught at conferences worldwide. Brandy is an expert in business development, public relations, and sales and marketing. Together, they bring you Rainmaker, a true crossover platform for mainstream and high competition webmasters alike. Log into the chat. Kick back and get ready to open yourself up to a new generation of webmaster radio. It's Essie Guru and Brandy, and you're listening to Rainmaker. Well,
2: there you go, folks. Uh, It is Thursday, and I'm looking across at my beautiful wife, and she just put her headphones on right at the last second, and she went, Oh, my God, turn it down. <laughs> How you doing there, babe?
1: I'm, I'm awake. Yeah, I'm awake. You're awake now. I was complaining earlier from the insomnia, but I'm absolutely <laughs> awake. What a great way to get me back into this uh, this, yeah. this hemisphere. Into the this. bubble? Out of the bubble.
2: Okay. Out of the bubble. No, into, into the, the real bubble. World. Into the bubble. This is the bubble right here. We're right in the right bubble here. now? This is the bubble right here. So I
1: felt like I was walking around inside a bubble oh, all really? day long.
2: All right. Well, this, I call this my little production bubble. Oh, no, I, 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 I put the headphones on. I kind of sit here, and you know, I'm 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 like in the bubble. Oh,
1: no, I, I've been in the bubble all day. I want to get out of the bubble. Want to get out of the bubble? <laughs> I okay. Get out of the bubble.
2: All right. All right. Uh, so,
1: how am I? This
2: is the this is the first rainmaker of the year.
1: I know, and we've got a fabulous guest. I'm so excited.
2: We do. We do. We do. Um, I, I'll tell you, it, it, this has been uh, an exciting last year for us. Two, mm-hmm. 2005 was explosive um you know uh, again you know seeing the programming just grow and explode over here has been Absolutely. amazing and of course uh, you know rainmaker being the original show that started it all
4: Absolutely. with
2: uh, with just a host and bevy of incredible guests in 2005 um just some of the most incredible powerhouse names in, in, in the industry. Not only, you know, online, but, you know, Dirt World, Publishing, you know. Um, you know, Simon & Schuster, that was, you know, that well, was They'll amazing. be back again next week, Yeah, which is that's, exciting. You know, outstanding. So I, I'll tell you, 2005, folks, was an awesome year. And uh, what, what I would call just the tip of the iceberg. So uh, tonight... We've got a fantastic interview lined up for you. And, uh, sweetheart?
1: Actually, we have uh, Scott Hornstein with us. So Scott Hornstein Associates. And Scott, um, I don't think I could do a proper introduction for him, but he he is the guru when it comes to sales and marketing. He has been involved with amazingly successful campaigns from everyone from uh, Starwood Hotels, Orient Express Hotels, uh, AT&T. I've seen... Uh, numbers like 1,300% growth, 59% ROI. I mean, he's really done some amazing, amazing things in his career. He's uh, an author. He's been a, a contributor as well as um, to, to many books. In addition, he's also, um, let's see, he's spoken for the AMA, the ANA, the United States Office of Personnel Management, um, National Center for... I mean, I could just go on and on and on. He's spoken everywhere. He's been quoted everywhere. He's written everywhere.
2: (laughs) And now he's speaking here. So
1: why don't we take a quick break and we will come back with a man himself, Scott Hornstein.
5: Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust and nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch
6: Bruce Clay Incorporated.
0: PRWeb is the pioneer in online press release visibility. Think beyond search. Online visibility is what really matters. PRWeb's exclusive online visibility engine delivers your message to your customers and major media outlets. Get the credibility and attention you deserve. Think online visibility from PRWeb. PRWeb, the only major newswire service that drives quality Miserable traffic to your site. Commercials
2: off. Now back to Rainmaker. And we are back. Uh, gosh, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm excited. I, I, I have been excited because, I, you know, it's the first part of the year. We had the holidays. We were really disjointed. You know, we had, you know, Vegas with, you know, CES and all that going on and, and, and You know, I I kinda miss I I miss the chair.
1: I do too. You know Uh, what? I love the fact that we are so fortunate because every single person that hosts a radio show on the network is literally the best of the best of whatever their business segment is. And people say to me all the time, you know, Brandy, you have such great guests on your show. Like I would think that you know, after a time because, you know, you're running this network that you would sort of take your eye off the ball with it. And we love Rainmaker. We are extremely careful about the people whom we choose to have On this show, because it's our baby. It was what was born. The entire network. Does that really, real sentence? It gave birth. Yes, Rainmaker birthed the network. So we're very, we're very particular about (laughs) who we have. (laughs) If they have midwifery skills, they're in.
2: There you go. There you go. And
1: I and I and I think I think our guest tonight has like really killer mid. I never looked at it this way, but I I would think, Scott, you got midwifery skills, don't you? (laughs)
7: <laughs> I can do a lot of things, but I don't think I can do that.
1: <laughs> but you've taken, and I, and I want to start backward and, and instead of forward, but I have to say, let's, let's tease people for those people, those few that perhaps don't know you. Um, you know, you've done some really amazing things. You've taken some heritage brands and you've taken some new companies and you've grown their, you know, customer retention, you've grown their, um, their customer base and their ROI exponentially across the board. I would call that midwifery. Well, I would guess you're right about that. God, I love that. You know, I'm usually right. and The better, <laughs> the more you agree with me, the better this interview is going to go, Scott. Well,
7: you know, I've, I've been married for 18 years, and I understand.
1: You, you, yeah, you're I, catching on. See, right? I was just
2: going to say, you're killing me, it's her birthday coming up, no matter what, the woman's always right, you know? No,
1: not always, Usually.
2: Uh, and did, it,
7: and did, if you if you think they're wrong, then you look to uh, reason number one.
2: I, I I'm I'm just shocked because we just now got that recorded. Now you got that
1: that I'm usually right versus always right.
2: I'll take anything I can get.
1: Whatever. I'm so gonna, <laughs> Scott. They're so mean here. You know they're they're afraid of me, which is a very smart thing <laughs> for them. But they take um. What well, what well, I'm sure as you heard the last promo, but they they usually don't do hard things with me. Is they they elicit. Things that people say out of context from their shows, and they use it for promos. So it actually becomes something, you know, very humorous. humorous And people have to be really good sports about it, like a Chris Tolles or someone, uh, have to be very good sports about it. And they're all afraid that I won't be as good of a sport um, about Brandy being poked fun at. So, (laughs) Which they're right.
2: You know, someone's in the chat room saying they've pulled calves before. Is that midwifery enough?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's anyway, getting scary. Yeah. <laughs> but Scott, let's go back to the beginning, because as you know, I, I, what we really like to do here is we really like to understand a lot about who you are, where you came from, sort of the path that you took. Because I think the path that we all take isn't always the path we thought we would take as children. But it's amazing how everything is meant to be, and how one step leads to another.
2: And also, when when one looks at you know a resume like yours. Right. You know, like like, you know, the, we've got this, you know, tremendous online Internet community and, you know, there's there's people who always expire, you know, aspire to to that next step to to, to the you know, how can I get to be like that guy? You know, that guy is truly hit the cover off the ball. And, um, you know, part of taking a look back and the reason why is, you know, it, it truly helps, you know, our listeners identify with someone who has knocked the cover off the ball. And um, I I agree. Let's take a look back, because you've got an impressive resume.
7: Well, I thank you very much, and I'd like to take a step back first. And and Darren and Brandy, I want to thank you very much for the opportunity to be here on Rainmaker. This is quite an honor. And it's also quite an experience for me, the last time I had... uh, this kind of attention uh, paid to me, it was my bar mitzvah.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so let me ask you a question Did you memorize it or did you actually read it?
7: Uh, from my bar mitzvah? Uh huh. Oh, no, I memorized
1: that. Yeah, me too. <laughs>
4: okay. Just... There was
7: no way I was going to make it through unless I had that memorized.
4: <laughs>
1: right. No, no, me too. I was just wondering, but they told you don't memorize it. Oh, I understand, but it's a good life lesson as well. Yeah, this is true, but I, I memorized mine as well. Until so the <laughs> rabbi put his, his finger down at the wrong place, and I started reading the wrong memory, you know, I just whatever. But, um, So, good. Well, we're really happy to have you here. So, tell, where do you come from, Scott?
7: Well, I grew up in uh, Forest Hills, Queens. And uh, that is, the, uh, actually, the origin is on the west side of Manhattan. And from the west, si- uh, from, uh, the west side, went out to uh, Forest Hills, and that's where I grew up. Uh, I went to uh, Forest Hills High School. Uh, the guys in the Ramones had the locker next to me at the uh, uh, gym. And from there, um, and by the way, moment of silence. Well, not really. It's radio, but for the uh, four guys on, uh, in the Ramones. Um, from there, went to NYU. There used to be a campus up in the Bronx called University Heights. And... Um, spent my four years between there and, uh, and Washington Square. Um, it was a great commute. Okay. And when I got out of college, I thought I was going to write the great American novel. And this is, this is the direction that I was headed in. And it became apparent to me as I pursued the, uh, uh, the fine arts uh, that I was absolutely starving to death. Okay.
1: Well, wait, 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 wait. So you were starving yeah. to death at what, 22?
7: Right around there. Oh,
1: okay. I'm I'm a little disappointed in you. So how much effort and time did you put into writing this great American novel? Well,
7: I started more on a grassroots level, uh, writing anything I could for anybody. Okay. And uh, I wrote uh, uh, plays for public television, and I wrote uh, stuff for Off-Broadway, and I um, uh, took a uh, part-time job, and then I took a full-time job, and I was writing at night for film magazines, and it was great to see my name out there, and it was a wonderful trip. Except I wasn't making any kind of money
1: at all. Right, bylines are great, but they don't really pay much. So, were you, yeah. were you writing while you were in college? Uh,
7: yes, I was. Absolutely. Uh, that's something that I've always um, held dear. Okay. It's something that I've always cultivated. I how may not always be good at it, but I'm always
1: trying. But how did you know? Like you, you know, so here you are, you're a kid in, in Queens which says a lot for itself like what kind of kid in queens were you
7: uh, uh bookish nerdy okay absolutely
1: okay so you were so you decided at a young age cuz i mean queens well i didn't decide to live in queens
2: you know? yeah yeah right, no, no, right no, no, an yeah. accident of birth <laughs> yeah no, no, yeah i no
1: i understand that but i mean queens let's say you know when you were growing up was a bit of a tough neighborhood correct i did you know the uh the particular area that
7: i grew up in in forest hills was um uh, I was on the edge of a tough section, was on the edge of Corona, so there was always that threat. But the, uh, really the crowd that I, that I hung around with was very artsy. Was, uh, uh, the kids were very interested in, uh, in developing themselves. Um, and then there were some of us like me who would rather sit in a book, and you know, that would be my, my day. I was very happy there. Um, a lot of interesting people came out of that that period, that time, that that area of New
1: York. Right. right. So, all right. So as a young child, you enjoyed reading books. And out of your love for reading books, you decided, I'm going to, you know, there's a book inside everyone. I'm going to write the great American novel. And while I go to NYU, which is a fabulous institution, I'm also going to take a stab at writing for different publications and get my name out there and see if I can't start parlaying a name for myself, which will allow me to pen this book and become a best-selling novelist.
7: Uh, exactly, and um, uh, were it that easy, uh, but these, these odd things like having to make a living uh, intrude on your life, and I began to channel my writing more into uh, a business venue because, hey, people would pay me money. when I wrote for, I wrote for a, a film magazine, and I was interviewing um, Martin Scorsese and Marcel Marceau, and making absolutely zero
4: Okay,
1: but making good connect. I mean, how about the connections that you made? Oh, the connections were terrific. Did they terrific. help you down the? Did they help you down the line?
7: They absolutely did. All of this and and all of the experience that you gain as you go through is very cumulative, and um, it, it's not only for the connections that you make, but it's also for the way you begin to process the world and the way you begin to see yourself—your strengths, your weaknesses. Um, what makes you happy? What gets you up in the morning?
1: Amen, um, amen. Let me ask you a question then. I mean, so here you are—you're this young kid, Martin Scorsese. I mean, and Marcel Marceau. He was a young <laughs> <kid too. laughs> yeah. Okay. But let's. Right. All right. All right. So let's say Martin Scorsese wasn't in his full game yet, but someone like Marcel Marceau was. Uh, I mean, a big name back then. So how did a young kid, you know, <laughs> how did you get these interviews? How did you make this happen? I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's big. Well, uh. It, I think they they did that because I was uh, the best writer they
7: could get for nothing, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. And I now, uh, now I had persistence
2: had to play a role in this play a yeah. role, didn't it?
7: I, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, you know, I had done some interviews for them, um, and they liked it, and so they gave me these opportunities. They just said, "Hey, go over to the uh, Sherry Netherland." Mm-hmm. And in Room So-and-So, you're going to interview Marcel Marceau. He had just come out with a film.
1: Interesting. Okay, so you weren't actually soliciting these interviews, but it, it, it's a lovely compliment to you that they gave you the work versus someone else, that you could, at a young age, you know, hold yourself, You know, that you presented yourself nicely.
4: Yeah.
7: And it, what a fabulous uh, opportunity that was for me at that age to, uh, to be in that uh, the presence of a mature artist. And uh, Scorsese at that time had just come out with Taxi Driver, so he was hot
4: as a pistol.
1: Okay, so hello, That's, those are amazing. I mean, wow, wow. And I am like Brandyism number seven hundred and sixty-four. The more you know, the more people you meet, the more places you go, the more you understand about yourself and others around you.
7: Absolutely so,
2: Scott. You got to be careful about those Brandyisms yeah. because I can't keep track of them. <laughs> <laughs>
7: <laughs> well, as I was going say, I've been married for 18 years. Exactly.
1: Yay, yay, yay. Do not bond with Darren. <laughs> <laughs> you and I have had the connection, Scott.
2: No, well, <laughs> I but,
7: you know, I. There's a lot of women in my household here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, if I can if I can reach out and get a male bonding going, I yeah. gotta do it. There
2: you go. So there you, have, you go.
1: So you have a harem. Boy, I can't wait until we get to that part of the conversation.
2: Duh. <laughs> my wife,
7: I got two beautiful daughters. There
2: you oh, go. That's
1: fabulous. That's fabulous. Okay, so all right, so you're writing, you're meeting all of these people. What was the coolest thing that you that you learned from yeah. from meeting all of these powerhouses at a young age? You're doing kind of what you wanna do, but you're not really, you're not where you want to be, per se. Like, where,
7: where... I, I learned a couple of things. I learned that that even these biggest guys, as, they, as my father used to say to me, they put on their pants one leg at a time. Mm-hmm. And they may be completely taken with themselves, but they're just people. Absolutely. And um, once you get beneath the veneer, some of them are very nice, and some of them aren't, but they're still just people. I've learned that, and not to be cowed by the personality, to still... Go in. You got a job to do, and you do your job. Uh, the other thing that I learned was about my ability to produce, uh, to produce on time, to produce uh, to a schedule, to a deadline. Uh, the the whole notion of it just of how hard it is and how hard you have to work to make something happen.
1: Okay. Yes, now, what does that look, mean to you? What does that mean? How hard you have to work to make something happen? What does that mean to you?
7: Means you get, really got to you got to want it enough to apply the uh, seat of the pants to the chair in front of, maybe it was a typewriter then and it's a computer now. Okay. But you've got you've to do it. It doesn't happen because you want it to happen. It happens because you make it
1: happen. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah.
7: Uh, and that, that's a tough lesson. Um, and that's something that I guess I struggle with all the time because things just don't... Uh, you know, spring forth, fully formed out of my thigh.
4: Uh, <laughs> Scott, <laughs>
1: someone's going to pull that out for a promo. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for stepping into the Webmaster Radio oh, promo no. spot.
7: That's it's a, a, an old allusion to Greek mythology.
1: Yeah, no, you I know was funny. I was thinking that. But wait, wasn't it um, Athena? Was it Athena that popped? Run
7: from Zeus's thigh, fully formed.
1: Okay, thank you. There you go. <laughs> um. Okay. All right. I need to. Erase
2: yeah. That. Yeah. She was. At, she's okay, at a loss for words. There. She's I know. Like, I just.
1: Okay, I, just I I visualize that. <laughs> <laughs>
7: That's good. You passed the two quizzes. The first was the Torah, The second one is uh, Greek
1: mythology.
2: There Thank you, you very much. There you go. Of
1: course, my my my, my little Torah reading was on for
2: but it sounded really
1: pretty in Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, that's bad. That's bad. Now, now, Scott, let, let me ask you a question here. You know, you had all these opportunities. You know, when you were young, that that uh, because you were persistent, uh, because you you know you had a talent to write, and um, you know you, um, you obviously had an innate ability to keep a schedule. You know that 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 parlayed you to a new level, obviously. You know, how, how did you make that next jump? Because obviously, you know, you find yourself at a point where, you know, you run around, you're doing this for all these other people. At what point did you start to shift gears and go, you know, I, I can, I, I, I want to do something different. I want to do something, you know, you know, more for me, more, you know, because obviously, you know, lo- looking at looking at this, uh, you know, at this this. this, this uh, amazing resume, you know, you, you had this transition point that had to have happened in, you know, in your head.
7: There are several transition points. And yeah. I, you know, I wish I could tell you that they were all neat and clean, but they were all very messy. Yeah. Good. We were going through them. Uh, the first transition came when I got sick of not having any money in my pocket ever for any reason at all. And uh, I met some people, and I started answering letters for Bill Paley, who uh, was the head of CBS at that
1: point. Mm -hmm, Absolutely.
7: And my job was, uh, no matter who wrote in, with whatever point they made, my job was to carefully explain to them why they were wrong and Bill was right. Oh, Um,
4: wow.
7: So that was interesting. But it got me inside of uh, of the corporate structure. And and here again, not being cowed by personalities, I could start to understand more about the
4: people who ran
7: this and the power structure, and how these corporations ran. So I was able, at that, after a little while doing that, of, of being able to, to move over to CBS Records and put together my love of music with my uh, writing abilities, with my promotion abilities, and I went to work for uh, Columbia House, Um, and at that time it was the Record and Tape Club, you know, get uh, 40 million records for a penny.
1: (laughs) Okay. I remember those days. Yep.
7: And that was a very exciting place to be, because I was able
5: to um,
7: exist within the corporate structure with extreme demands upon me, because my job was sales and profit. Sales went up, I was a (laughs) hero. Sales went down, I was a dog.
1: Right, right. What have you done for me today? What sales have been, you know, how many sales did you make today? And through the connections and through
7: working things, I was able to bring in artist relations and get uh, uh, artists to endorse things and get them to appear with us. And that really helped, and it was a very exciting time for me because I was able to take different aspects of my personality and different aspects of things that I enjoyed and put them together to make money.
2: Right. Right. <laughs> blending that, blending that together, while at the same time doing something really cool, which is building more individual credibility.
7: That's true. That's true. And, and you know, you talk about breakthrough points and, uh, yeah. and how you transition through things. That was really a great learning experience for me, really about me. Right. Because I found out not only a, thing, a lot of things I like to do, but I, for, I found out some things that I didn't like to do.
1: Which is so important. And it sounds like, too, you took a job that sounds like, for the most part, should have been really kind of boring. Because I remember seeing those stupid ads, no offense. <laughs> you know, like, 500 at the time, what, records or, or you know, whatever they were. You know, um, cassette tapes for a million dollars, you know, one cent. But you you said, you know what, I'm at this position. You brought in the artist relationships. You brought in, like, more of a theatrical
7: and I was also things? able to interact with some of the great minds at that time.
1: Right, um, like you took a job and you made it very multi-dimensional and fun instead of just sat there and tried to do th- like hammer it out.
7: Yeah, Lester Wonderman was part of the brain trust that ran that company, and uh, he was a wonderful person to interact with. A very difficult personality, but a very very brilliant man. Um, his ability to think abstractly uh, has always impressed.
1: Now, now, who, for, for the listening audience, can you explain who that is, please? Uh,
7: Lester Wonderman is um, one of the founders of the uh, direct marketing industry. He, um, he's the progenitor of the uh, company that bears his name, which is now a multinational. Uh, and with that, say hello to my friend Dave Sable, who's CEO of, uh, let's see, Europe, Asia, and the Far East hope he's listening out there. <laughs> and um, he's come up with some of the most remarkable concepts uh, that uh, that we use today within direct marketing, or in fact, that we have chosen not to use anymore because mm-hmm. we're now in the internet age, and of course, nothing old applies anymore.
1: Which is interesting. So you're saying, you, and you really aligned yourself with some wonderful mentors that um, c- could give you proper tutelage and also help you center yourself as a person. It's-
7: and uh, you know who stretched your thinking yeah
1: which is so important you know giving you a different perspective to things which is wonderful and talking about a different perspective, we need to take a quick commercial break. Scott, would you stand by so we can continue this wonderful interview with you
7: I, I will certainly stand by
1: That's terrific We'll be right back with our featured guest Scott Hornstein, right here on Brainmaker <music>
3: Studios. From Academy Award-winning producer, Mr. Producer, and Academy Award-winning director, Mr. Intern, comes a two-hour roller coaster ride of thrills. Excited about the uh, different things that are going on here? Chills. Wow, that's excellent. And pure adrenaline. How are you doing today, Greg? Excellent. 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 And again, sounds like the show's going pretty well for you. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Next Stuff Now's Chris Tolles. Excellent. And uh, welcome to Next Stuff Now. Good karma's good ROI. By Greg Nyland. Trying to put your hole in the dam with all the cracks. You know, as soon as you get one, there's always a new one. Excellent. Starring the blockbuster event of the summer, Chris and Greg's Excellent Adventure. Um, yeah, that's excellent. Critics hailed as the best buddy movie of the year. East meets West in his laugh-out-loud box office classic. Excellent. You'll cry, you'll cheer for Chris and Greg's Excellent Adventure. Rated EX 4 Excellent. Check out next up now with Chris Tolles Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern and Good Karma Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. Coming soon to a podcast near you. Excellent.
0: Jump into the inner circle every Thursday with That's A Wrap!
2: I'm sitting here surfing Beertown.org. <laughs> and I'm looking
5: at the article that says beer is food. And I've been making that argument forever. You really want to appreciate the flavor and diversity of all these microbrewed craft beers that America's 1,300 craft breweries are making. You got to serve it not at warm temperatures as we know them here in the United States. 45 to 50 degrees is... What the British say, is warm, but have you ever t- tried taking a bath in 45 to 50 degree bath water? Right. The, uh, more than one thing will
3: turn blue, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, followed by Rainmaker, only on Webmaster Radio.
2: Commercials off. Now back to Rainmaker. All right, and we are back from break. Ah, what can I say? More of those crazy promos. (laughs) (laughs) We love it.
1: Our production staff has a really good
2: time. They've got such a sense of humor. What can I say? If you can't laugh, um, you know, and enjoy what you do, why do it? Right, Scott.
7: Well, that's an important learning, <laughs> too, is that if you're not having a good time... Why do for it? ...for a real good reason.
2: Yeah, right.
1: You know, I, I'm just a very firm believer, 80% of your time you spend at work, we all have to do things we don't like. I guess uh, I used to hate that, that philosophy of in order to know the sweet, you have to have a little bit of the bitter. Um, but yes, you spend 80% of your time at work, you need to enjoy what you do. And if you surround yourself with good people, and everyone has fun... People exude energy, and that positive energy just keeps extending itself, so that things continue to grow in a positive way, both personally as well as professionally. I'm off All my dead. I'm off my pontification platform
2: now. <laughs> <laughs> Who
1: gave me a soapbox tonight? I don't Real
2: know. Like. I don't know. First for shoe sure of the year, <laughs> and boy, she's preaching. I like I it. Am. I like it. Now, now, Scott, you know. Uh, you know help help me shift gears again you know I'm kind of like that transition point guy you know okay. Brand, Brand, brandy's the let, let me you know take the scalpel and dissect you know oh, yeah. gal and I, I'm the transition point guy right um, you know because when when I again I I, I look at um, you know the, the the resume that you sport you know you, you you know like I identify with a lot of what you do you know at some point in time um you know you shifted gears again and you know you you obviously you know you you got um you know i'd like to understand where the mentality came from you know for reaching out to others and um you know taking that you know the ability to to write and you know um you know to obviously convey to other people things that they need to do for their own self improvement and you know them taking the next step, or helping, you know, someone, um, you know, in in a marketing campaign, things of this nature. Uh, You know, what point did you shift gears again?
7: The next time I shifted gears was I I left what they call client-side marketing, and I went over to uh, Mm Y&R. And at this point in my life, I said, you know what, I think that that really I'm an ad man, and I'm just a businessman, and all I'm going to do is business, and for years, I concentrated myself on account work, and that was a big transition for me. And I, I, I walled off one side of myself in this pursuit. And I woke up one morning and I said, "I'm not happy." Good for you. With that, that mm-hmm. that there's a part of me here that uh, you know I'm not going to give you the Walt Whitman line. I'm large; I contain multitudes. But there were parts of me that I just wasn't bringing to the table, and that was not fulfilling for me. So I began on the search to say, well, what are these other parts? Right. How do I bring them back in, and how do I make this more of me and, and, and be more comfortable in my skin?
1: What, so I, what What point, though, because I am the dissect girl, and I am interested. I See, for me, the thing that interests me the most is, you know, you have achieved all of these really great things, but I am sorry, no matter how successful someone is, like the world, you know, the mood is not made out of cream cheese. You know, we don't, no one gets out of this life unscathed in order to have, you know, what were you going through at that point that made you go, you know what, I'm not, I'm just not happy. And that allowed you to realize that, you know what, like I can be happy and I can investigate further and I don't have to stay in this little walled you know, room that I've created for myself. What was that, what was that, that, that turning point for you?
7: For me, it's, it, it's not necessarily a, a, a mark in the road. I don't come to the fork in the road and choose the road less taken.
1: Okay. I, All right, I, Mr. Frost. I, there we are. <laughs>
4: it's,
7: more, um, it's late at night, and I'm having a glass of wine. There <laughs> you go. No, that's great. You know, come me some slack. <laughs> um, it was more, I guess a lot of my life has always been about the search. And it, it, it's like an itch you've got to scratch. Okay. What's going on now? So I went from doing account work, and I walked into the president's office one day, and I said, you know what? I don't want to do account work anymore. I'm going back to creative. I don't care if I've got to start all over as a copywriter. Good for you. So I did that, and I got back to being a creative director. And talk about a turning point. I was a creative director, and I had the corner office on Madison Avenue.
1: Sounds good to me. And I
7: remember looking out the window one day, and out on the corner, there's a three-card Monty game.
4: (laughs) Okay. And
7: I said, you know, maybe this isn't all. It's cracked up to be.
1: Okay. Okay.
7: So I'm skipping over a big step there of spending years doing just the creative side of things. But I, I said again, where am I going and what's next? Okay. And at that point, a very interesting thing happened to me. I, so I'm a creative director. I'm with a direct marketing group as part of uh, Young and Rubicum. One of my clients is IBM, and uh, I'm very close with these people. They're very, very nice people. Mm-hmm. They said to me, um, "We'd like you to interview um, this uh, design group that's up in Westport, and I in Westport, Connecticut. And I happen to have lived in Westport, Connecticut at that time. And I said. You want me to interview them? I'm going to interview them. And usually if the client says I want you to interview them, that also means I'd like you to give them a shot.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. Makes
7: so sense. So having been living in, in Westport, this was ideal for me. I didn't have to commute into New York City. And I got along great with these people. I gave them a shot. They did wonderfully well. Nice. And this was uh, sort of towards the uh, fall, and we got very friendly. And they said to me, do you ever do freelance work? And I said, from time to time, I'll do freelance. You know, it, it's got to be something I'm interested in because I'm pretty busy here with this right. commuting and all of this stuff.
4: Yeah. Mm.
7: And they said, well, we'd like you to write this, this new business proposal. And if we get the business, you have first right of refusal for the marketing.
2: Interesting. Now, okay. There you go. So
7: I said, okay, let me, let me do this. I did all the homework, and then um, on Election Day... Uh, of that year, I sat down and wrote the proposal, and it was for the Olivetti Corporation. Ah. And don't you know that these people
1: bought it? Okay, so, so now, you're, now you're in a position where you've got to make some life decisions.
7: Got to, because for about, oh, about about a month, I was doing two jobs. I'd get up in the morning, I'd commute to New York City, I'd be a creative director on Madison Avenue, and I'd come home to my apartment and I would sit down and start job number two.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. I know that, that feeling.
1: Yeah, yeah. you've got to be a little schizophrenic. Well, it, it
7: helps if you already are, but it'll <laughs> yeah. certainly do the trick. Right, right.
2: right. Exactly. So hat, um, hat number two.
7: You got it. So it was, uh, I, I took off Christmas Day. That's the only day I took off. And I was sitting there watching TV, and I said, you know what, this is, this is crazy. I, actually, I used a different word, but you probably won't want me to use that word.
4: No,
1: actually, you know what? I, I personally do not use profanity, but we are not regulated by anyone, so you can you can say whatever you like.
2: <laughs> We're not regulated by the FCC. Well, thank there we God. are. So
1: I got up in the, that morning,
7: and I, I looked at my life, and I said, this is bullshit. Amen.
2: There um,
7: you go. Something's got to give here. And at that point in my life, I wasn't married. You know, I had a, a, an apartment, and I, I had virtually no responsibilities. So I got up, and I went into the city, and I walked into the... President's office again, and I said, guess what?
1: I quit. (laughs) Look at you. I take my corner office and give it to someone else. I
7: love it. How old
1: were you? Can I be rude and ask how old you were then?
7: Uh, I got to think for a second. (laughs) I was uh, actually at that point, I was in my early 30s.
2: Okay. That's
1: awesome. Okay, so you really
2: thats a bold move. A that's a, yeah. yeah, that's a bold move. That's good though. That I mean, no, cuz you you obviously knew in the back of your mind. You you you're like, you know, you, that's that transition point when you say, "You know what? Take this job and shove it." It's a bold move because you know you've got focus and direction and and you feel a passion elsewhere enough to walk in to the day job and go, "I'm done."
7: And, you know, it certainly wasn't take this job and shove it. Because yeah. They were lovely and brilliant people there, but it was my time.
2: Yeah. It
1: was time. It, you know.
2: Coming uh, into your own.
1: Something I always try to do is, personally, is I always try to sharpen tools that I haven't used yet. Yeah. I just, I, I, because for me, you know, I definitely have like a core set of competencies that I'm pretty decent at but I always try to dabble in other things because A, I get bored easily and B, like you said earlier, how do you know what you like if you haven't tried it? right
7: well you know that's a broad statement and i'm not <laughs> i don't think i'm going there okay. uh, you know
1: what? Uh, you people are uh, taking these th- this conversation uh, in a different direction uh, you know you need to take responsibility for uh, um, okay so this is great so you got oh, the Olive- <laughs> righty, <then. laughs> so you got the olivetti contract you said thank you so much for my corner office on madison avenue like everyone who graduates with a degree you know with a degree in, in marketing or whatever wants this wants this job and you know what i've been there i've done that and now i'm i'm gonna you now do you decide to start your own firm or do you decide just to take this project on as a one-off
7: i um, i initially just decided to roll with this with this punch and see where it took me now as i begin to gather, gather steam well all sorts of ideas crossed my mind and in the, in, in the ensuing time i i uh well, I, I guess I can only relate some stories. Uh, uh, when I was still commuting to the city, I, uh, I met my wife.
4: Oh, so love the romance.
7: Uh, I left the city. Well, hey, we got married, and we went on our honeymoon, and I hadn't a client. This is after Olivetti. I hadn't a client. I hadn't a, a care in the world, and I also didn't have a penny the world. So that was an interesting uh, transition point. Um,
1: yeah, which is good. But, which is but, but everyone's been there, I think.
7: Oh yeah. And and then for a while I decided, well maybe what I want to do is I, I want to build a company. Okay. But I but I found I didn't like being an administrator. Okay. And I didn't like the the constant pressure for sales. That just was I, I didn't like having that many mouths to feed.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, That's understandable.
7: Um and then for um it's all been a,
1: a, a journey
7: for me, uh, you know, trying different things, saying, how do I become more of me? How do I get greater pleasure out of what I'm doing at the same time? How do I make, how do I use whatever talents, whatever strengths I have to make more of an impact and, and do more things for my clients,
1: How do be you more find, effective? How do you, like on a personal level, do you feel satisfied?
7: What time is it now? <laughs>
1: no, I'm just wondering, you know, they, in the pursuit of goals, what is it, Karen Horn I said, in the pursuit of goals, is it ever possible to be intrinsically happy?
7: Probably not. Okay. Uh, or probably fleetingly. I think that, that we spend um, uh, much of our time being discontented, and that for the moments that we are contented, that we really have to focus on them and, 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 and treasure them. Uh, they don't come along too frequently. There's always something to be discontented.
1: About. isn't that unfortunate we are, We should all like jump on to it i'd like to be self-actualized um, and speaking about <laughs> being self actualized but when people don't stay there that often and talking about being self-actualized you can be self-actualized by participating with some of our advertisers so <laughs> we're going to take a quick break we're going to we? take our
2: last break we're take here. Our la- yeah. oh our last break it we is just started going. it's the last break all right our Make last break hold my breath. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> stay with us folks we'll be right back right after this final break this wonderful episode of Rainmaker. Stay with us.
6: What happens when super affiliates hit the glass ceiling? They develop RevenueGateway.com. The ad network developed by super affiliates for the affiliate marketplace. Tap into the most powerful and intuitive system designed for ROI. Exclusive tier one advertisers. Highest industry payouts. Bonus rewards and rock solid on time payments. Looking to be creative or need mentoring? There is always someone there for you live 24-7. RevenueGateway.com. The secret to your success. RevenueGateway.com.
5: Hi, this is Mark with Webmaster Radio.fm. I'm calling about the new music we're playing on Monday night.
1: Well, the songs are where they are nowadays. You can't
7: hear the words well enough to understand that what you would have heard is something you wouldn't have understood anyway. I
5: agree. That's why Monday night, we're turning back the hands of time to the sounds of the 60s with Magical Mystery Monday. Wow! Boy, Ruby. Wow. Out. Wait a minute. Who else is on this line? Jan Brady. Hi, Jan. We're saying too bad, she's a loser. A loser? Yeah. That's exactly what I am. A born loser. Oh. Uh, Oh, well, don't say that. You've got to have confidence in yourself. I do have confidence. I'm confident that I'm a no-talent loser. Well, if you want to build your confidence, then log on to webmasterradio.fm because we've got a great lineup on Mondays with Strike Point at 3 p.m., Wizards of Web at 4, and Magical Mystery Mondays at 8 p.m. I hope you've learned something from all of this. Yes, that Webmaster Radio is the destination for education and entertainment. You
7: are the grooviest. Wow, you can ride my range anytime. (laughs)
5: Um... Uh, no thanks Uh, I really gotta go now over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content based solutions from InfoSearch media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust and nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well written informative content high quality content also Generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit infosearchmedia.com today. Commercials off. Now back to
2: Rainmaker. All right, uh, we are back. It is our final segment, and you know it's always fun when you sit in the studio. You guys, y'all miss the benefit, and there's the text to me coming out. Y'all miss the benefit of of seeing Brandy and her lovely gestures across the studio, <laughs> as she tries to like you know <clears throat> use sign language to make herself understood to other people in the room, as she knows microphones are being opened and she can't talk. It's just just kind of restricting for her, and you know she doesn't. Sign language very well, so it's kind of funny.
1: Always looks like I'm trying to land that plane, you know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love it, that's great. So, we are in our final segment here. We've got you know just a few minutes left. Um, You know, Scott, this is truly you know, we've only scratched the surface here, obviously.
1: But Brandy had an epiphany,
2: she did, of course. And you know, I love her epiphanies,
1: (laughs) right? We won't go there, but anyway, um, so Scott. Not yes. to put you on the spot.
2: Well, oh, go ahead.
1: But we love to do this to people. You know, um, we definitely want to talk about your philosophies and uh, your tendencies to rant and some of the case studies that you've done. I think that you've got a, a ton, a ton, a ton of practical information that our listeners will truly benefit from. Um, and we don't have enough time to even begin to go into that with this show. But I was wondering, perhaps, what you were doing next Wednesday at um, 2.30 Eastern at that. Standard Time.
2: She, she, she does a sh- show a called... Show a show Cover Story. Cover it's, Story. It's
1: actually, it's a, it's a public relations show with a bit of a twist. And it's hosted with... I actually host two shows on the network. So this show is hosted with myself, David McGinnis, who is the CEO or president, whatever he calls himself these <laughs> days.
2: <laughs> of, P- PR of Web. PR
1: Web. And Mick Jolly, who's the vice president of PR Web. And I think that... That audience would greatly benefit from your tutelage. That's uh, Wednesday at 2.30. Eastern Standard Time. The 18th. Yes, the day after my birthday.
2: Look at that, boy! Ah, I knew that ah. was coming. You knew that was coming.
1: Well, if I I'll, have to get old, I'll mark both of those. <laughs> that yeah.
2: Smart man.
1: I start accepting calls at midnight the night before. Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll tell you, Scott. See, no matter what, you got to come back because I'm sitting here looking at a private message, um, you know, from from the chat room from someone that says that this show was extremely good. That what we're talking about that this particular person and his wife have been talking about for a while. Aha. Uh-huh. So so there are people that are sitting in there right now identifying with exactly, you know, where you've been what you're talking about and where we're kind of like carrying this interview. So, you know, we've only scratched the surface here, you know, we, I'm, I'm Mr. Transition point. Guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I know that Brandy wants to get into, you know, a heck of a lot more. So I, I, I we definitely love to have you come back for, for, you know, cover story if you would. Oh, that's,
7: that's fine. I, I, if I have a moment, there are two other transition Indeed. points I'd like to share with you. Oh, no, Please absolutely,
2: hit on, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I just thought that I'd put you on the spot, on the air. Because she's, she's um, all about because that. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm just that kind of person. Uh, Wednesday
7: says just fine. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. That was not yeah. one of the transition points. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, one of the transition points was um, actually writing this, this last book. This was my first opportunity where I had my name on the cover. I was not a ghostwriter, I was not a, uh, uh, just a contributor, and it was a completely, completely different experience for me. Absolutely uh, one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, and at the same time, uh, one of the most rewarding.
1: Wow. Okay, so let me ask you, you in, in the past, well first of all, how do you end up ghostwriting something?
2: Well, obviously, someone hires you. Well, yeah. thanks. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm sorry. Real <laughs> no,
1: you know, easy. Somebody
7: says to you, hey, listen, I got an idea for a book. Can you write it? And your name doesn't go on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like, like the suckers uh, bet when you're sitting at the blackjack table and someone says, you know, do you want insurance when the dealer's showing an ace? Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what? It's very similar.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: in
7: practical uh, speak, there's, there's really no difference at all.
1: But But no, I mean, I think that's interesting that you would go and you would ghost, which is really a lovely compliment to you that this person, obviously the people you're ghosting for have a name but don't have the ability to write something, but they have enough confidence in you that you have the ability to personify exactly the image they need to their publics.
2: Take a breath. Yeah. Sorry.
1: <laughs> well, I keep going through. This. I really have an insomni- like an insomniac this week. So I keep going through the, uh, you know, I'm here, I'm not. I'm here, I'm not.
2: But man, when she's on, she sticks it.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's a p- tremendous
2: compliment. Uh, yeah. But it
1: is a compliment to, to To, you know, to ghost a book for someone because it's a
7: tremendous responsibility as well.
2: Yes. Yes. So,
1: but it's interesting. So now you go and you. Sorry about that. You move from ghosting now, you know, you've you've established a name, you've got tremendous credibility in the marketplace. You're obviously a very you know, you're you're sticky material, so you're a saleable I you know, like your your name will sell and that's what there's only what, two hundred and sixty thousand titles that are sold I think in, cool. the, in the world, which is a yeah. really small like when you think about well, I mean that's a small amount of products. When you think if you look at a book as a product. Yes. So that's amazing. How what was the difference in the pressure between you writing the book versus you writing the book for someone else?
7: Uh, the difference is where the pressure comes from. And it's, uh, the pressure coming from within is much more severe, and it's, um, it's much more demanding. It's a real mm-hmm. razor's edge uh, because you're the one. You have to live up to your own standards.
1: Right, which are pretty damn hard. I, it's, <laughs> it's hard to set them. It's hard to know when you're there. Right,
7: uh, right. And, and it's hard not to fall into the, um, uh, into the trap of being a perfectionist because then you get nothing done.
1: Right, and what, and what is being a perfectionist too? Like when you think about like writing a book, it's being able to communicate in a way that, that's engaging so that people read it from start to finish. And what you consider to be a perfectionist and doing it properly, someone else may not. And usually when you do it the first time, when it comes, when it flows from you, I mean, my mother's an author, so I mean, I dealt with this my whole life. You know, that's usually when it when it works best. Mm-hmm. Like, you start editing yourself. Like no one can edit themselves, right? I mean, did you find like you were trying to like edit yourself? Um,
7: I found that it was a it was a constant struggle to understand when will the words flow mm-hmm. and when should you walk away of um of of what's good, right? Uh, and, and and then what's good the next morning when you pick it up and read it again?
1: <laughs> right, 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 right. I understand what you're saying. I
7: understand uh, was, what you're saying. that part was a tremendous journey for me, and one that I intend to take again.
1: Good for you. Good for you. I, you know, that's and what a wonderful thing to be able to say. You know, you're a published author.
7: Uh, it was always a dream of mine, and it was uh, really quite a moment when they uh, when the first book was delivered to me.
1: Wow. How about when you saw the galleys and everything? That's uh, really The galleys
7: was was wonderful. It was actually, it, it was wonderful and it was also torture because mm-hmm. it was so much work, so right. much uh, very, very fine work, and you want it to be done, you want it to be out.
1: Right, fine. right. You know, it's funny, we, we interviewed, I, I know you know, Michael Corda and, yes. uh, and his wife Margaret, and it was very funny because I was so afraid to speak when I got him on the line. I'm going. Oh my god! He's the editor's editor. He's probably going to edit me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll say welcome, Michael. Goodbye, Michael. <laughs> <laughs>
4: but
1: but they actually like us. They're coming back. Uh, yeah, next, next week. week yeah. Which oh, is, that's great. Yeah, yeah. We're actually gonna we're, we're gonna um, we're gonna try to create a show for them because I think they've got a lot a lot to say. And,
2: uh, well, he you know, he's been around the block um, <laughs> with an amazing history and an amazing tale. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we really identified with, with them because, you know, we're a husband-wife team that work together 24-7 together. And, you know, they, they, they now collaborate on on writing projects. And, um, you know, so there was really kind of a, a, a unique um I guess, you know, us kind of hitting it off and identifying with each other and, and uh, was just th- their fun interview. But it, it was very interesting, you know, because Brandy, you know, can I tell you, she was still up like <laughs> la- last night listening to this interview at two o'clock in the morning. Because
1: well, I never heard it. I never <laughs> she didn't hear the whole my... thing, you yeah. know, but
2: but but, you know, just, you, you know definitely looking at because she has such an utter respect for for authors such you know having respect. grown up with the clack 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 you know with her mom until one in the morning on, no, no, on... no no no
1: no not until one my mother was very disciplined she would work all day long come home and at midnight to three okay she would write
2: really and,
1: oh yes oh yes and no matter if she was in the mood or she wasn't in the mood she would write and i mean it was the time where you had like the emerson the the electric typewriters Yes. And, I mean, really. Like, I mean, I had dreams of the stupid thing coming eating me in my sleep. (laughs) Clack, 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 clack. And, you know, I I do. I give, it's a very, you have to be very disciplined and very focused. And then, especially for you, once you put, because I can tell you're a very focused, very determined, um, and also very sensitive person. And I mean that in in a nice way. (laughs) You know, well, no, but like, that's a good thing. You know, you don't want to. Um, that when. You <laughs> Scott Hornstein, I've got a new tagline for you mid and sensitive. <laughs> He'll, right. He'll bear you a marketing campaign.
2: He'll bear you a marketing campaign. He'll bear you go. a
1: marketing campaign. You know, build for ROI. There you go. Um, but anyway. I'm changing my website as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's got to be a difficult thing for you, too. Like, you've got people editing you, especially after you've labored over it for so long and you take yourself so seriously because you want this to be right, and... Good for you for, you know, publishing your own book, having another book in there for you. And at the end of the day, which what we'll discuss on Wednesday is all of these amazing campaigns, how you started to develop these campaigns, how you allowed yourself to really create these programs that allowed these companies to rise above the clutter, um, both heritage brands and, and smaller companies to uh, knock the cover off the ball. Oh, you say knock the cover off the ball. I say knock the, the ball over the fence. Yeah. Thanks. There you go. I didn't mean to use your, your line.
2: That's, it is my line. Yeah. We've got just a couple minutes left. Uh, yes. And, Scott, you, you you'd said you'd had two points. Well, what, what was the final one?
7: Uh, the final one was um, Sorry. opening myself back up to, uh, uh, to the music, which I love so dearly, uh, which for some reason had gone away for many years. And um, that was a great thing to bring back into my life.
1: And how did you bring the music back into your life?
7: Ah, um, by uh, beginning to play classical guitar again. Really? And uh, it's just been a wonderful way of rounding out
1: my existence. Oh, wow. Wow, so will you come and play? We're going to be doing a <laughs> big event in New York at the end of February? It depends on the billing.
2: <laughs> there you go.
1: You can play for 2,000 people.
7: There
2: you go. But good
1: for
7: you. No, I'd, I don't think so. This is mostly a private endeavor. But the... The point of self-actualization is that you are many things. Right. Yes. And the more you allow in, I think the better, the better you can be.
1: Well, you know what? You know what? I agree with you. But I think it's it's not even the better that you can be. I think, like, the more, like, the happy you are. Yeah. You know, people exude energy. And the happier you are, the easier it is for you to take on new endeavors the easier it is for you to know, like you're not going to waste your time. You don't have something to prove anymore because you know what you like, what you're good at, what you're not good at. And I think, you know, like a good moral of this, of this show for people to pay attention to is that a, you weren't wimpy. You got out there, you took a, you know, you went, you, you achieved in in a market segment. And then you said, you know what? I've kind of gone as far as I can go. I have, I have no issues with starting, which is nice that they didn't start you back at square zero, But you know what? I'll give everything up just to go and try something else because at the end of the day, you only come this way once. And it sounds like you've really been doing an awesome job at maximizing all of who you are, all of your potential. And you haven't thought and you haven't, you know, you haven't looked at the world as a tightrope without a net. You know there's a net.
3: Well,
2: yeah, I, 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 I'm
1: not sure about
7: that. Yeah,
2: I, I was gonna, I was gonna sit there and say the same thing. You know, it's that's that's it's still a tough one because no matter what, you know, you you're still on that type tight, tightrope. You you want to look down and hope that there's a net, but you know, sometimes you feel like the the wind is blowing awfully hard, and you know, you just might miss. Yeah,
1: but he wasn't wimpy. That's like, That's right. what I like. He well, didn't say. Well,
2: well, hey, you know, you know what they say. You know, no guts, no glory. Right. No risk, no and reward. with those
1: quotes,
7: I'd like to leave you with three of my favorite quotes. Okay. There you go. The first one is "to take myself too seriously is the gentle kiss of death," and that's from Leon Redbone.
2: Like that. Okay. I like you got that. a Buddha that. quote.
7: <laughs> the second one is, uh, "I don't want to achieve immortality through my work. I want to achieve it through not dying."
4: <laughs> I like that one personally. Yep,
7: that's what he. I'm kind of f- fond <laughs> breathing. One yeah. Is there's only one moment in time. When it is essential to awaken, that moment is now. And that's from the Buddha.
2: That's cool.
1: There you go. That's cool. Amen. Yeah. God, Scott, this has really been wonderful. And I think uh, our listeners... I like listeners the living part.
2: I like that one. Yeah. I've I've always been quite fond of breathing, so... <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he does it so well. Second nature s- to me now. Yeah,
2: right. Finally like- got it figured out. My favorite
1: is when he's breathing heavy. But we won't go there right oh, now. Oh, ba You know. I went there. Yeah. I'm just trying to make you blush. You do that to me all the time. Do you
2: see me blushing, birthday girl? No. See, i Listen at a prayer over there. No. Gotta love it. I'd
1: be really nice until next <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, um, all right. So, folks, that brings us to another... Uh, I guess, end of Rainmaker, I, I mean, they f- it flies by so fast, and um, Scott, can I tell you, you've definitely hit a chord that's resounded uh, through our audience tonight as, you know I've, I've, you know, I've gotten private messages from people going, wow, this was really a great show, um, you know, because they, they truly identified with you, and, and uh, you know, where you've been? what you've gone through and, 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 um, you know, a lot of the life choices that you had to make. And, and, uh, I think, uh, obviously Brandy's going to get to, you know, delve quite a bit deeper, you know, this coming Wednesday. So, uh, I, I know everyone's looking forward Thank to that you for accepting. Indeed, indeed. And for
1: those of you that, um, in the interim are, are interested in running over go over to, you know, Google Scott Hornstein or go over to hornsteinassociates.com.
2: Yeah, indeed. Go check out his website and, uh, you know, check out, uh, you can get an in-depth look at uh, what Scott Scott Hornstein is and is all about. Um, you know, fr- fr- from you know the the business acumen that's been developed there, and uh, you know, kinda,
7: operators are standing by. Indeed, Yay.
2: indeed. Get your get your questions prepped for cover story for for next Wednesday. <laughs> get them ready now, baby. Exactly. Scott, thank you so much for coming on. It has been wonderful. I really appreciate it.
7: Darren and Brandy, I want to thank you very much. I certainly want to thank those of you who are listening. Uh, it's been a wonderful opportunity for me.
2: Yeah, uh,
1: well, we've enjoyed you. Thank you for contributing to the network.
2: Fantastic. All right, Scott, we will see you right here next week. You betcha. All righty, All right. take yeah, it yeah. easy. There you go, folks. Scott Hornstein from Hornstein Associates, uh, an amazing individual who you know, wow, what, I mean no, we didn't even scratch the surface. Uh, yeah, it's once it's,
1: again, didn't even scratch the surface. I
2: hate to use this example, but it's it's most definitely kinda like, you know, Shrek and his onion, you know, uh, comment where, you know, you can peel away layers. There's plenty of layers there. And Scott and Scott definitely has plenty of layers. Plenty of layers. Of
1: layers. No, he's actually a very slim man.
2: No, no, no! I'm not comparing him to Shrek. I just wanted to <laughs> like <laughs> from the movie Shrek, and then the reference to onions. I understand. I understand. He has many layers. You know what? Work I just realized. Me. Yes, dear.
1: I'm interviewing him. First of all, the next time um, I'll be a year older. The next, uh, the, the next Rainmaker we have, which will be with Michael and uh, Margaret Corder. Yay! Um, but oh, that may be a, a tough interview for me to do next Wednesday. Mm, yeah. Because I'll be a year older and. My brain might be slower.
2: Oh, you know what? She's fishing for compliments there. You know what they say about, you know, women who get older?
1: They're like, fine, one.
2: That's right. That's right. I love that personally. Folks, that does bring us to another end of Rainmaker uh, for this week. For the very first uh, installment of Rainmaker for 2006. Woo-hoo. And... Uh, we plan on, you know, we kicked off uh, 2006 with Scott Hornstein. We plan on having uh, a bevy of fantastic interviews, just like we did in 2005, bringing on uh, a whole new year with a whole fantastic lineup of people as uh, this station grows and our listenership grows. Uh, for those of you who are listening to this in a podcast, listening to it on demand, sitting at your desktop, uh, you know, at uh, another time of day.
1: Or maybe even on your cell phone.
2: (laughs) I was going to say, coming (laughs) up here shortly, within the next week, you will be able to head right over to mobilecastnetwork.com and enter in your cell phone. Just click on download. Enter in your cell phone number, and you'll be able to download an application. That will allow you to listen to Webmaster Radio,
1: and you know what? On your cell phone. Having Susan Bratton whisper in your ear for an hour, I think is a very cool thing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She's like my muse. There you have it. There you have it, folks. So there you have it. We've got lots of ways for you to listen to us, whether it be live, whether it be on your you know desktop, whether it be on your iPod, or coming shortly straight to your cell phone. Uh, get us how you like us. Get
1: us how you like us.
2: And get us when you want us. That's uh, that's my motto. You know what?
1: We want you all the time.
2: There you go, folks. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week right here on, on Rainmaker.
1: Rainmaker.